Okay, alright, so we got done with our Starcade episode, Starcade 99 for the New Blood Rising podcast, and realized something was missing, you know, because of course we were trying to barrel through this, you know, we were trying, we, we pushed hard. I was impressed. We got through that. Alright, so just so you know, like, we are really conscious of the time for these podcasts. The first one was like two hours and... Thirty-two. <laughs> mayhem is, is as long as mayhem itself. <laughs> May, mayhem bumped up to like two forty-five. It literally was yeah. the same length as the paper. It's the same length. Just ridiculous. So we were totally like, all right, we got to go balls out, get through this pay-per-view as close to two hours as we can. And that's why when you listen to Starcade, little all over the place because we just want to keep pressing as hard as we can to get through this. But we realized by the end of it. We didn't talk enough about, you know, really an end. There's a big ending that occurs early on in our podcast, and that's basically the ending of the career of Brett the Hitman Hart. And yeah, yeah. so yeah, so I'm, I was watching Wrestling with Shadows last night, and it dawned on me, I, the, you know, these bonus episodes that we do, and we did a um, a, a memorial for the TV title. <laughs> we should, I thought, we should do one for Bret Hart's 
career. Yeah. So yeah, I texted you, you agreed to it, and it's the very next day, yeah, and, and we're going to hash this thing out, because we are huge Bret Hart fans. So, uh, just a little in media's rest here, like starting off kind of in the present in our timeline, like, Bret takes that, I mean, just a, you know, just a hellacious sidekick from Goldberg that, mm-hmm. in the moment was a concussion that nobody really knew at the time, it seemed like. I think they I they may actually they may have known it was a concussion. I don't <clears> think they knew the real severity. And the fact is for the next like two weeks after well, he still Starcade, wrestles. he ta- you ever heard he talks about the Terry Funk hardcore match that he has? The, yes. The one the retirement match? No 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 no. No. He has Terry Funk is about to debut in the podcast very, very soon. Thank, thank God we're getting him in the hardcore division. <laughs> awesome. Legitimacy. But the fact is, like, they had they have a, a hardcore match, and they asked us, like, well, that was probably really rough because you were still in the midst of having your concussion. He's like, oh, no, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad, you know. I mean, it's just, you know, you know, trash cans and all this stuff. The only thing that was bad was, when you know, when you put me in this barrel and it slipped and fell and I hit my head on the ground again. I mean, that was the only thing that was oh bad, God. you know. I mean, that was it. But, you know, it was, it, it, it's a sad because... For like two weeks, this man wrestles, and if he might not have, mm. he might still have been around. He might have been able to recover, you know, from that. But it got us just thinking. So at that moment, like two weeks after, uh, you know, he officially stops wrestling. The title will be relinquished, as we'll find out with our sold-out coverage. <laughs> coverage. Coverage. <laughs> but, as in progress. <laughs> but it really now, you just got to go back. It's like, where... It ended here, but where did it all begin for, right. for Bret Hart? And, you know, I mean, there's... There, there are tons of ways you can look at it. You can go through interviews of him. His book is amazing. Yeah, we have it right here. It's How would b- you rank his book? It's the best book uh, I've ever read. That's about not written the, by Mick Foley. It's not, well, I think it's better than Foley's you book. You really do. I really do. I That's love cool. Foley's book, but Foley kind of tends to do what we do, which is wander off with uh, you know comedy and stuff like yeah, that. sure. But Bret Hart is very direct, very to the point. And, it, it, and he'd been writing it for years. Yeah, and, like, and that was the best part. It was like, he's like, I'm just, I've been keeping a log. I don't forget he this. He doesn't forget anything. I don't forget this. So his book is... You know, a, when that hooker got me in Taiwan, I didn't forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> that was one revelation in the book. It's a great, it's a fantastic book. I highly recommend it. I wish we were just talking. I wish he'd write an addendum to it. Absolutely. Because the ending of the book, it's the most damning final paragraph. <laughs> but, like literally last week, we saw him in the most awkward fashion do the yes chant. It. And Seeing Bret Hart with a personality is not my preference. So you juxtapose that with the ending of that book, and it's like, no, not the same man. Never, never, not never. But between this, Hitman Hart Wrestling with Shadows, his WWE DVD collections, uh, his Hall of Fame speech from 2006. Which still, like, was... It's, it, yeah, yeah. And it's also not long after the stroke, if I'm right, I think right? it's like a year or two later. Yeah, so it's... it. You can tell he's still struggling a little bit. He still gets through it very well, but um, I know he even criticizes himself rambling on but what we wanted to do was just kind of go through memory starting kind of chronologically right going through the career of brett you got you all can probably guess there's there even though we're a wcw podcast there's not going to be too terribly much because the brett we all know was a part of the world wrestling federation that's right that's it so so let's kick this thing off all right so so, yeah i don't want to talk about things that most people know about like he's the he's like a the son of Stu Hart. He's of, like the of like 12 son. kids. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah you don't want to talk about that. But, right. you know, he was in Stampede Wrestling, which was his father's promotion back right. in the late 70s, early 80s. And and really going to gloss over this real quick because, you know, I haven't seen much of it. But the stuff I have seen is his stuff with Dynamite Kid. Oh, yeah. Which are stiff, 
hardworking matches. And if you read it in the book, I mean, he talks about Dynamite Kid. He didn't know if he liked him for years. You know, he's like, because Dynamite was just always very rough with him. Yeah. Turns out Dynamite really liked him. Of course he would, because that's how Brett was pretty rough, but probably less rough than Dynamite overall. Oh, I think so. Uh, yeah. You look at some of those clips, it's yeah. brutal. The other one that sticks <laughs> out, like, there, there, there are two things that stick out from Stampede. Is one is his relationship with Andre. Yep. Where that really cultivates, because Brett was... Brett and Andre, that was a really close yeah. relationship. But also... His feud with Bad News Allen, who had become Bad News Brown. Brown. Mm-hmm. And just how interesting that was. That carried over, kind of. A little bit, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, WrestleMania 2? Oh, four. Remember, was four? Remember four, the tournament? They have, or yeah. the tournament, they have that Battle Royal. Oh, yeah. The Andre, yeah. The, it was the Memorial Battle Royal Prime. <laughs> Everyone yeah. else gets their paycheck. Yeah. yeah. And and he, yeah, he has, he's the sore loser. So, Stupid. So what is it? Like in 1984, uh, Vince McMahon Jr., buys uh, the War Wrestling Federation from his father, and he te- is starts buying up the territories, right. just like he told his father he wouldn't do. <laughs> and uh, he buys Stampede Wrestling from Stu Hart, and in return, he gets some Stampede guys to come over with him. Right. Uh, Bret Hart, Dynamite Kid, uh, there's, there's a Bad News Allen, yeah. right, guys like That's that. Right. And so then we get Bret Hart in uh, the Hart Foundation with Jim the Anvil Nightheart and Jimmy Hart. What was their first match? Was it WrestleMania two? I think that's the first time I we yeah, see Bret Hart. Yeah, that's the Battle Royal. Yeah, the, right? ba- the Battle Royal. That's the Battle Royal with the, with the NFL football players. Right. Which, if I if I'm right, if I remember now, like reading the book, like uh, this is definitely one of those times where the boys, meaning the wrestlers, were not uh, happy. Not a fan. No. And William the Refrigerator Perry. <laughs> he got unplugged. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is the light still on? We'll never know. Cool off. <laughs> so they win the um, him and Jim that win the tag titles. I from I think it's demolition. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It it's is demolition. It is. I, I, it is. I, I, one of the manias. It, it's in their tag team. Like it's probably the best overall. The tag team division would be probably until two thousand. Until right, because you got the killer bees. Killer bees. See, I'm glad you let off of them. That's yeah. an underrated. The, and that's what Brett says too. Yeah, yeah. you get the killer bees, the fabulous Rougeos, uh, British bulldogs, British bulldogs. And, uh, like they're they're pretty loaded. So Brett and Jim Neidhart, the Rockers, kind of demolition, kind of come in later. Legion of Doom, demolition. Yeah, like oh man, like these guys, these are great teams. Yeah, that we get to see during this era. Yeah, uh, so. Around the time in between WrestleMania 7 and 8, Bret Hart is going to break off to become a singles competitor. Right. Yeah, and we're like, eh, how's this going to work? And, and it's, you know what's fascinating in the book is how it talks, like how Bret always talked about it was, it was really him trying to prove himself that he could be a singles guy. Sure. In a big man's, like, big man's oh, wrestling. Yeah. Because that's exactly what the WWF was. And it's fascinating because of his relationship with Vince. It's this very interesting, like, um, quasi father son relationship. So Brett says says his, his whole life, he, he, uh, up until like ninety seven, he only had two employers: his father and Vince. So yeah. Vince kind of became his his father and it was in, always, in a way. It was like he was on a mission to prove to him that sure, you know, he was better than the than the Terrys. He was better than the than the Jim Helwigs. Of this world. <laughs> I, I could I could out wrestle each of them like in a paper bag. <laughs> <laughs> so Brett gets this um, fantastic. Match at SummerSlam '91, right? Because which I, we've talked about oh slightly before. Yeah. I remember it was when I grew. I grew up with a. Lot. I wasn't watching this. Yeah, like uh, I, this was before. Like it's weird because like I had the action figures at this point. I know because of my home videos, but I don't remember watching it at all. I think um, 
It's my favorite Brett WWF match. Really? With it Perfect? Is. Yeah. Oh, cool. And, and a lot, and a big reason is because if you look at first just from the character versus character, Mr. Perfect was untouchable. Like, yep. no, everybody got close, but they never got the belt from him. Big Boss Man. Remember the year before, Boss Man was beating up every one of the Heenan family members. Mm-hmm. And he got through all of them. And then he got perfect at WrestleMania. It's like, oh, this is going to be perfect. No mm-hmm. pun intended. He is going to be able to unseat him and get the, the Intercontinental title. But it doesn't happen. You know, he wins by DQ and it doesn't happen. So then that's what makes it cool. It's like, oh, Bret Hart. No Jim Neidhart. It's going to be Bret Hart against Mr. Perfect. Awesome. I mean, the match, you know, I consider it oh, my it's, favorite. Oh, no, it's a good match. It's that, a real... It, considering it, how hurt Kurt Hennig is in the match. And I always remember the spot when he's like kind of limping on the rope and Bret kicks his leg out front of him and... Kurt Hennig does a what Gorilla Monsoon would say a three sixty, <laughs> and oh, it's it's nasty. It was it was sad because that was the moment you pretty much that was like the last gleaming moment for Mister Perfect. It felt like for a, like a kinda yeah. Well, during his 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 his, his classic yeah. era, yeah, yeah, and that's it. And and Brett always gives like mad props to Mister Perfect for not only doing the match because of how hurt he was, but for. A, letting him kick out of the perfect plex. That's a huge deal. It's a big deal. I mean, this is... Because this is back when you protected finishes. You right. didn't need to just if protect anyone, guys. If anyone is listening to this show that hasn't really seen anything before, like, I want to say 2009, then, like, kicking out of a guy's finisher used to be a huge deal. Because it was unheard of. Yeah. Like, it just... It never happened. I feel like the first time, like... Or, one of the last great time. All right, hold on. I don't know how to phrase... I'm not, I'm not sure I'm going to quite phrase this, but... I remember one of the last times it was a big deal to kick out was when, A, The Rock kicked out of the stunner, and Austin kicked out of the rock bottom. At 15? Yeah. 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 I remember... Austin, I haven't seen that in a while. And, and, and it's, it was credit, it's credit to the guy whose finisher gets broken that you know they, they sell it like, are you kidding me? That's yeah. my finish, and it got broken. But when Brett gets to break Perfects, it's awesome because Perfect sells it right. magnificently. Yes, he does. That his finish has been broken. He's terribly like you know. He's getting through this match under egregious pain. I mean, you can see it too. He's not in great shape for the match, which they out him on no. <laughs> sadly in commentary. But he he gets it, and and we get a great spot with uh, Brett turning what looks like it looks like a low blow kind of move, it and is. Brett flips it into a. A sharpshooter. It's, it's not a perfect sharpshooter. It, looks, it still looks kind of weird, but yeah. still, you know what the move is, right? Which leads to one of my favorite "what the fuck" WWF <laughs> moments, where Lord Alfred Hayes tries to interview <laughs> Stu Hart, and you, you, you can't understand a word Stu Hart saying, and Lord Alfred Hayes just pulls the uh, microphone away. Uh, he didn't pay me my money back <laughs> in '78. Back to you, Sean Mooney. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. a little bit speechless. <laughs> no, as we all are. <laughs> so uh, after that, that's huge. Um. British Bulldog, uh, SummerSlam '92. Did you? Know oh wait, wait. Oh, sorry. I'm skipping a match. Did you? Are you I was gonna say. The, are you talking about uh, WrestleMania Eight with Roddy Piper? Did you know? Did, I didn't know this until recently. That because remember, there's he holds that belt not for very long. He ends up dropping into the Mountie right by just like so, Royal Rumble. Because, right. Cause yeah. Because his contract was up. Oh, I didn't and, know that. I, I, I'm pretty sure about this. It can be clarified, of course, but. I think his contract was up, and there was an uncertainty that he would come back. Foreshadowing. Really? Oh, well, about to say, imagine yeah. if the screw job been with the Mountie. Yeah, and so that's why it's <laughs> almost like he gets the belt taken off him for that little while, which leads to Piper getting it now. Yeah, what your credit? You're talking about WrestleMania eight. So Mountie becomes an interim champion. Yeah, WrestleMania eight. This is top three. 
Top three. It's to me, it's Roddy Piper's best. It's match. his absolute. That's a absolutely. It is the perfect example of like in, intense wrestling storytelling. It is good. It is so good. Like, te- technically, what? Not 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 a magnificent. No, it's a hard hitting match. Very much. Yes. And uh, like you, you get a great blade moment, uh, which we didn't know about because de- uh, blading was illegal right. in WWF at the time, and Brett hit it so well. Yeah. Which is hilarious because Savage and Flair had the same idea later that night, and it was very obvious that Flair was black. <laughs> I gotta get over. <laughs> but uh, that's a classic match um, with one of my favorite finishes of all time. That, and that's one thing I want to point out about Bret Hart. Bret Hart has some of the best endings of matches. Like the finishes to the matches are classics, and 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 we'll talk about the Piper one again because it happens later later on in what what we're talking about here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a great match. Then there's British Bulldog, the Intercontinental title at SummerSlam '92, main evented a pay per view. One, there's. I'll give you one last thing because this is another thing that Brett does that I don't think he gets enough credit for. One last thing with WrestleMania Eight, and I didn't realize this until years later. He got something out of Piper to where, for years, remember by that point, Piper was not Piper from the '80s. No, far departed from that. In that match, Brett pushes it to where. He helps Piper get to a place where it's almost like, is he going to go psycho Piper? Remember? Oh, and he's got the bell in his hand. Yeah. And, and oh, Bobby Heenan's commentating during that is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> just, oh, come on, waffle him. Just, <laughs> and that that's really cool because didn't catch it as a kid. Now, looking back, seeing the whole Piper, yeah. you know, it's like, Brett really got something out of him that nobody else Piper ever... Piper grew. Yes. Like, in, the, in that little moment. Yeah. And it's it's a crowning achievement, I think, for both of them. Uh, to the, that match that they pulled off with that hilarious looking referee with the mustache. I love that guy. <laughs> but the the '92 Wembley special because the Intercontinental Title is what's main eventing, yeah. not the WWF title. And the WWF title match was was no slouch. It was Ultimate Warrior and Randy Savage uh, rematching from seven. Right. And Warrior had that stupid bodysuit on. Right. But yeah. uh, like British Bulldog, like. Read it in the book. He's like wasted. Yeah, like he drank too much the night before. Like apparently, like right before they lock up, he says to Brett, "Oh shit, Brett, I don't remember anything. I'm fucked. I'm fucked. That's it. I'm fucked." There's a point where Bulldog has to go under the ring and vomit, which yeah, didn't know that at the time. And there's a nasty. Do you know where it is now when you watch it? Uh, it has to be around the time Brett does this move I'm oh, about to talk God. about. I know. Where he hops over the top rope and he just hooks Davy's head. It looks like a bulldog, but Davy's head lands like right here on his side. <laughs> it looks nasty. I don't know what that is. It's like Randy Orton's backbreaker move. Yeah, yes. It's, it's and it's, you can tell it's not what was supposed to happen, but Brett got it out of him. And this might here be the best finish of a match of all time. Sure. And and Brett was always very proud of that, and uh, yeah, and it shows, and it's, it's, it's Brett's favorite match of his it, own. I, and another interesting thing here is what we, to to build off the thing with Piper, he does it to himself here, where it becomes, is Brett gonna just pull out all the stops to keep his belt? Is he gonna turn heel? Mm-hmm. Which you know, I know obviously Davy didn't. There there could there's that moment he talks about in the book, like if Davy just waited a little bit longer. Mm. You know, at the to end, the, the celebratory thing at the end, it would have made it like it, it. It just would have made it that much more special. But well, that's just that's just Brett, like because yeah. like, you get it from Sean too. Like when he told Earl to get him out of his ring, yes, yeah, which is like, <laughs> oh, I wanted to have that moment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but so Brett is on to bigger and better things. 
He beats, um, I don't want to talk about this much, but he beats Ric Flair for the WWF title on a wrestling challenge. Is it primetime wrestling? wrestling? <laughs> yeah. I've seen the match. It's it's nothing good. Brett has said s- several times that he couldn't wait to wrestle Ric Flair because he heard so many great things about him. Sure. And when and he wrestled him, Flair just wasn't up to snuff, and which Flair eventually apologized to him for, according to Brett. Uh, it, it's hard to believe that they that they couldn't pull out a good match together. Uh, I mean, it's you, two different styles. Completely. Granted. Yeah. I mean, you got one guy who's clearly wanting to go back to where he will be able to function better without politics. Sure. Or at least politics that's undermining him, where his politics can undermine everybody else in yeah. WCW. Brett but, gives a great inspirational speech yeah. at the end of that match where oh, dreams do come true, and I'm like, they do. <laughs> so then he fights Razor Ramon at uh, Rumble. It's it's a whatever. So this is when I finally start watching uh, on a regular basis. It's the March to WrestleMania 9. And oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember watching this special. Because Brett's a fighting champion by this point. He is yeah. fighting everyone. Fighting around the world. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's Bret Hart, and he's fighting everyone from every country. Yeah. So, he, uh, so you know, this is my first image of Bret Hart. I see him get bonsai dropped by Yokozuna. I instantly feel bad for him, <laughs> which I will for the rest of my life. Because, like, building up to that match, the one thought in your mind is, How's he going to do the sharpshooter? How would you do the sharpshooter to this man? <laughs> and this is Yokozuna at his thinnest. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's so, like half of where he would be like a few years from now. Right. Oh so my this God. this Mania match, it sucks. It's a bad match. And um, it's really just because it's so... It's really short, as I recall, at yeah. Mania 9. And Brett does get the sharpshooter on somewhat, and then Fuji does the thing, and then Hogan comes in and steals. See, this Brett's is where it gets interesting. Because yeah, this is where it gets Politics interesting. Show up. All right, so help me out here. Was this around the time we were? Was this the year we were supposed to get Brett and Hogan? There mm-hmm. was this this mythical photo shoot that may have happened. Yeah, where they're uh, struggling over the title, a la Roman, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Yeah, on the front cover of a magazine. You think you're special? <laughs> you do. <laughs> I can see it now. <laughs> I got that on iTunes the other day, by the so way. So good. Um, yeah, it's it's that Hogan was going to take the title, and then Hogan was going to drop it to Brett. But for some reason, Hogan doesn't want to drop it to a face. Or, uh, even though Hogan's on his way out the door, so he drops it back to Yoko. What's funny is, like, if they were supposed to do that SummerSlam, he drops it to Yoko, of King June. of the Ring. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's, the, that's I, one part I never understood. Yeah. Uh, because, well, Hogan does take a year off to, to do... He was retired from wrestling. Right. And he well, wasn't going to come back. steroid scandal, because right. he is oh, noticeably small. You look at Hogan at Bash at the Beach 94, and wow, like... It, that's WCW Hogan. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. look at WCW Hogan. Oh, so much yeah. different from WWF Hogan. But anyway, so when Hogan beats uh, Yoko for the title at King of the Ring, yeah, that match is whatever. Well, he drops it. You mean, I know. Oh, you so, mean. sorry. Yeah, well, yeah, I know what you mean. That. After the, the photograph <sighs> spot. I hate is, those. Oh, it's terrible. And Yoko beats Hogan with his own move. He hits him with the leg drop. <laughs> that's awesome. But the thing that that pay per view is most special for and remembered for is the tournament. The King of the Ring tournament from 93 is not only my favorite King of the Ring tournament, it is my favorite tournament of all. It Because of Bret Hart's three matches that he wrestled completely different. Yeah. All three had three quality opponents every single time. What was it? It was uh, uh, Bam Bam Bigelow. Bam Bam. He has another Mi- one, Mr. Perfect. Mr. Perfect, yeah. yeah, which is great. And what's the first one? It. Ugh. Like, Why don't I remember this? He has Bam Bam. He has Mr. Perfect. All right, we gotta go. We gotta go to this the old. Why we have this the is why we have the Always on site it, here. I don't know why I'm forgetting this, but okay. So, uh, sorry, folks. King of the Ring. Uh, do, do, do. Brett. Oh, wait, wait. 
Man, you opened right to the pit. I did, didn't I? It was awesome. <laughs> it was fantastic. So it's Bret Hart. Oh, boy. hope you can edit this. <laughs> oh, Razor Ramon. It was Razor. It was, okay. I thought it was Razor, yeah. but... You know, was, That's who he gets to the finals, right? Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Razor goes to the finals the next year with Owen. Oh, okay. That's I why I was getting screwed up there. But So, yeah, Brett gets Razor, and then he gets Perfect, and then he gets Bam Bam, and then he gets Lawler waffling him with that scepter, right. which, oh, Brett was not a fan of that. <laughs> no. now, that really hurt him. But that tournament is an absolute it's, classic. It's like you said, three different matches. Three completely different matches, and Brett was so happy with it, he ran, he, like, went to the back. And like went got apparently he got in Vince's face and he was like and that's why I should be WWF champion because <laughs> Brett actually buries the King of the Ring tournament in front of Vince he goes yeah this is nice <laughs> <laughs> but I'd rather be the you champ sit there and you thump your Bibles Vince but this isn't going to get you anywhere <laughs> he cut a three sixteen promo that nobody saw yeah it was just fantastic so. So here we go. Uh, I want to talk about this because this was the very first storyline that I was genuinely invested in. Yeah. And it starts at Survivor Series. Right. With Bret Hart and the Hart family against Shawn Michaels. <laughs> and who are his partners? Right, so if I'm right, like he has like a... They're not knights because that's the Lawler no, one. Right. Yeah. It's something like that though where it's like he just has like the most fucking terrible pissant. Oh, they're bad. I mean, it's it's really just... it's It's terrible to watch. But the end result is... Every, they sweep them almost. Owen Hart's almost. the only oh, it's, one. It's be, it's a beautiful it's a beautifully told storyline. Yeah, yeah I, I am a fan of that. Because the way they ended, like Owen's clearly frustrated, and I think they make up like the next week or whatever, or they, they say they they made up, and everything's okay. But then it it reemerges. It becomes a big part of the Royal Rumble when right. they fight the Quebecers. Yeah. And, uh, Brett and won't tag out. Brett won't he tag out. Duggan. It's really interesting watching it in retrospect because you're like, why won't you tag out? And because Brett was so good at telling a story and he was doing a very heelish thing. Yeah. Or maybe it was because he just didn't trust his brother or, or didn't think his brother could handle it. But Owen goes completely heel here. And this was the very first brother, brother, like feud, I remember. Yeah, and it was awesome. And Owen was so easy to boo, and just a quality performer, and com- completely different from Brett. But you bought it. Like, oh, I bought you're it. the younger brother, and your older brother has been the guy. Mm-hmm. And you have to walk in his shadow. Hell yeah, man! That guy's gonna have a chip on his shoulder. That's Big so time. believable. And he was ve- so Owen, even though he does the sharpshooter as his finisher too. Yeah. He finds a way to differentiate himself from Bret Hart. A little bit, yeah. yeah. And it's does. it's very cool. And we get Bret Hart pulls a twofer at WrestleMania 10, which is one of my favorite WrestleManias. Right, right. And he he jobs to his brother in the very opening match, which I don't care. That mat- latter match is fine. Bret versus Owen is the best match on it that. It still card. might be a top ten all time WrestleMania match. Sure, I would definitely say it's the greatest opening match in the history of WrestleMania. It is a classic. And it it outshines that ladder match for me. It's it's and with another great finish, right? Yeah, similar to the bulldog. Similar, one. Yeah. where Brett just kind of screws up. Yeah, it's a great it's great. And then Brett beats Yoko for the title. That's awesome. And what should have happened in the first place. And this is basically cementing Brett as the guy. And even I love that Luger has to come out and hold Brett up because it's like, yeah, they screwed up picking me. <laughs> <laughs> even he's admitting it. So we got that. And then Brett. Let's see, he goes on to, um, the next thing for me that's notable 
is he starts a feud with Big Daddy Cool. Yeah, right. Because yeah, that's and this this was big on the list that you had, and it's and it's important. Because, I don't think it's talked about enough. No, because is is Kevin Nash had probably one of the, the the best year you could ever have in the WWF. The guy ended up ends up winning like all every single title within that calendar year. Now dudes with attitudes. <laughs> and and the thing is like even as a um even as a singles guy, Diesel has, you know, he, he's big and imposing, but who's going to get the most out of him? He's with Shawn Michaels, so he's not going to be wrestling Shawn. That's not going to be happening. Shawn ain't putting him over. No, 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 no. And and, and I think at this point, Razor's still a... Was he still a heel, or had he turned... Oh, no, he had turned. Right. He was a face, because you were talking about the... Uh, oh, absolutely. The ladder match. The ladder yep. match, he was a face against Shawn. But still, you weren't getting Razor versus Diesel matches. So who's going to make this guy look good in the ring? Uh, yeah, the Hitman. I, I once had an argument with a guy at work that he, he claimed that Bret Hart never put anybody over. And I thought this was complete and utter nonsense. I mean, between Bulldog, Owen... Sean. Diesel, Sean, like Brett legitimized these guys. Yeah, and 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 this is one that they don't talk about. He has a trilogy of matches with Kevin Nash as Diesel. Yeah, King of the Ring '94, uh, what is it? Royal Rumble '95, right. and then Survivor Series '95, which was the first scrambled pay per view I ever watched. <laughs> and I remember that because Bret Hart finishes that match very heelish. Now, the first two end kind of with oh, the first one's a schmoz, right? To set up, uh, Jim Neidhart turns on him. That's right. To go with Owen. Right. And then they set up a cage match, with, which is one of my favorite cage matches. As Bret Hart has said, it's the best cage match without blood that there's ever been. And I agree with that. It's him and Owen. The awesome spot that, for some reason, they never replay uh, is Bret Hart superplexing Owen Hart off the top of that cage. Jesus. It's incredible. Yeah. And it was a jaw dropper back then. But... Anyway, his matches with Diesel, I love them. Uh, he, it's, they're very psychologically driven, which Diesel matches aren't typically known for. No, sorry, I'm no. too busy fighting Mabel. You know, oh, you, God, how, how's that? Did he sit on your back? <laughs> take, take a big dump on it. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, I, I'd sooner blow my brains out than have a feud with Mabel. <laughs> Stupid. Man on a big, mission. Big fat purple rapper. <laughs> yeah, idiot. that's what he looks like. Big idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he looks like a Wonka bar. Uh, so then after that, uh, let's see, what year are we in? 94? 95 isn't really much to talk about. Uh, well, he caps out by beating Diesel to get the belt. Right. Oh, we might as well out. just jump that. So yeah, Bret Hart, I remember watching that scrambled, and Bret Hart's, he's kind of the face here. It's like a face versus face match. Right. And he does this thing where he feigns an injury, and Diesel's like, oh, what the hell's wrong with him? <laughs> and, and, and Diesel just... Slows his Mack truck right up next to him. And, <laughs> and Bret Hart just, surprise! And rolls him up in that small package. And I, and I just, I came unglued. But at the same time, I was like, that's kind of like cheating. Like, Bret Hart had these finishes. But he could matches. get away with it. He got away with it. Yeah. And he just walked out of the ring like, yeah, see, I'm... <laughs> Not before, though, like, didn't Diesel, like, just demolish Oh, he does. Oh, that's bomb. right. That's right. That's right. He gives him, like, two or three of them, which Bret has gone on record as stating... Yeah, that power bomb. That's the worst move. He's like, that's the move I hated taking the most, especially from Diesel. Yeah, and and you can see it. I mean, it looks rough, dude. Yeah. So Brett, it's time for yeah. It's really it was, sadly he even he says in the book at this point he knows the writings on the wall. He's just holding the belt for right for, for the heartbreak Shawn. kid, Shawn Michaels. Which I remember when when it was announced that Shawn Michaels was fighting Brett for the title at WrestleMania 12. I remember my dad. 
<laughs> just leaning in and going, oh, Sean's not winning that. <laughs> my, my dad could never buy Sean Michaels as a main eventer. Well, I, and I think that's Bret Hart's argument. You're right. A lot of ways, um, too. Sean was a great performer, loved the guy, but at the same time, he's an egomaniac. I was thinking about it. He is like the David Lee Roth to Bret Hart's Sammy Hagar. In a way. That's interesting. Yeah, Sammy's more like to the point and just, I'm here to rock and that's it. And David Lee Roth's here to put on a show. Right. You know, right. Which is Shawn Michaels. There's nothing wrong with that. But, but this yeah. is the guy we're going to leave Bret Hart, you know, with. And, and it's sad because it's like, I, I could, I, I think from Bret though, like the thing that he kind of comes to a, an agreement with, as he says in the book, is the fact that, well, this will set up some future good matches between me and Shawn where... This was supposed to set up a rematch at WrestleMania 13. Which, could, could you imagine? Still don't know why that happened. Oh, yeah, it would have been huge. Oh, my. In Chicago? In Chicago. The hottest crowd. That's my favorite building. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing like the sound of a pop. Rosemont Horizon. Rosemont Horizon. Oh, that is my absolute Damn goddamn right. favorite. <laughs> it really is Stone Cold's favorite <laughs> arena, and which is great. I love that. So WrestleMania uh, 12, this is really like a... a a real like pinnacle moment because Vince McMahon was getting a lot of shit uh, from outside sources saying who the hell wants to watch these two guys who aren't main eventers wrestle for 60 minutes yeah I mean and that's and even even now like I have a hard time thinking about watching an hour long match sure they haven't done one of these in a while no I mean like they didn't do this again (laughs) for four years won't let you do it no they used to (laughs) no but even the video games like who has the time (laughs) But this match, um, it has a lot of rest spots. You know, it's it's not it's not a, a it is a classic. It right. really is. But right. it it has too, one too many rest spots for me. But it's still a very important match. I, sure. It's great, especially those last five minutes. It just becomes a whole another beast. And I love I love the finish with him with Brett locking Sean in the sharpshooter. Thirty seconds to go, and it's over. And Brett. I think Brett has a legitimate point here. He's like, no, I was never told about a sudden death or anything. And oh, it's a great storyline. It's a great setup. And, and that the setup. That's a it. setup. It's that's a all it is. Setup. Because, but I love Brett on the camera. Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> so she, yeah. So we talked about earlier. Sean gets the belt and tells Earl to get Brett the hell out of his ring, which is a real thing. <laughs> hey, I have to spe- shoot. Speaking of, I was wondering about Brett cussing on camera because oh, I heard him talk about. Have you ever seen the one where he lost to Ted DiBiase in the Survivor Series, where he gets up and he's like, "Fuck!" <laughs> like you can see it on his face. <laughs> Wonder what he said. Kid. <laughs> <laughs> That's why when he does that bullshit, bullshit. I and 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 the thing is like, by the way Brett writes this book, you want to believe like ninety nine percent of what he says. So if he says that Sean said, "Get him the fuck out of my ring," then I do believe it. Uh, I've actually I've watched the footage. It looks like that looks like Brett's waiting on like a handshake or something like because it's a passing of the torch. Brett's about to leave for an indeterminate amount of time to go (laughs) work on his. Film career, oh yeah, which we were just making fun of. Oh but, god, it's yeah. amazing. Lonesome dove. I was going to go film this western. I was always such a fan of Larry McMurdy. Yeah, yeah. it had Robert Duvall and that guy from The Fugitive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he takes time off. Shawn Michaels. I thought this was a good title run for Shawn Michaels, even though Brett doesn't. I was a fan of this in particular. Uh, and even though Sean should have lost it, Sean fought Vader at SummerSlam. Right. It's a brutal thing. So right. Brett comes back, handpicks 
Stone Cold Steve Austin. He'd gotten. This was the year he got hot. This was it. And I, I make no bones. I mean, I love Stone Cold and The Rock. That's one of my favorite feuds. I don't think anyone got a better performance out of Austin than Bret Hart. Bret Hart, watching Austin hate Bret Hart was just one of the most entertaining and funniest things. You put the letter S in front of it. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's it's perfect. You have my exact opinion of Bret Hart. Uh, wow. Like that was one of the yeah, first times we'd heard anything like wanna, that. You want to like a great comparison? Is this was Bray and Taker for '96 mm. because you don't get you didn't get a lot of Bret. Not. Closer to the pay-per-view, he was definitely on, mm-hmm. you know, and making you know appearances or whatever. And, and Survivor but. Series 96 is taking place at Madison Square Garden, which right. um, in the late 90s, sorry, it's Bret Hart's house. Yeah. Like, this it's is true. this it's is a, his building. It's the wrestling capital for a reason. They like the best wrestlers. Right. And he is and the, he best, is the wrestler. best wrestler. Yeah. And he's going to wrestle Stone Cold Steve Austin. And this match is extremely good. It's... You know the the silly star rating. I know, like I I know what we're gonna talk about in just a minute gets five stars. This yes. is equally five stars. I, I think it so might too. be better uh, in some ways. It is it is a quality match. It, it tells a great great story. The camera work is even interesting. It's very non traditional WWE with like, the turnbuckle cameras. Yeah, and, and it's kind of like how NXT does things sometimes, or how they originally did things. Right. Um, and once again, they pull out the, uh, the old WrestleMania eight WrestleMania finish. eight finish. <laughs> it's the same finish, and it's it's great because Austin at this point he's doing the stunner, but he breaks out his million dollar dream, right. which was an older move that he had done as the ringmaster. And it's like he'd already tried the stunner, and I don't I don't remember if it was a two counter if he didn't get the cover on it. I don't remember. But his like Austin was clearly running out of ideas. Bret Hart, I want to say this, and, and this is a fact. Bret Hart is the best when it comes to putting a guy over the, and the guy loses. Yes, that's a great point. He, he put, does. And he did this with Austin on numerous occasions. He did it with the one, two, three kid on that Monday Night Raw episode. Like, Bret is really good about this. I don't, I don't know how he does it because uh, there's, there's not that many wrestlers that can do this. I, I can't even think of one off the top of my head. But Bret comes out victorious and Austin looks strong as hell, he, he, as a loser. Man, does he look... I love the image of him. He is pissed. He's super pissed. And this is... Man, this is a classic feud. You get the Royal Rumble 97 thing. Oh, with, my God. And this is which where we see stu- This is the weird stuff yeah. with the screw job. Yeah. This is the beginning of Brett getting screwed at every turn and every corner in 97. You know, guys turn heel, but nowadays it's sort of like... You know, you, you kind of see it... You see it maybe for like a month off, and then like they do something dastardly, and then they're a heel... This is like kind of like here's so here's a little bit of a hint, here's yep. another little bit. It's a very slow turn. Right. It starts. I mean, you can argue that it started the year before at Mania, but it really sees sure. it sees really strong hints here because because Brett's at the, <laughs> he's, he's in the Rumble. Yeah. He wants to go to Mania to fight for the title, and Austin he eliminates Austin, and then Austin whoop oh, da. Uh, the ref, the refs oh, weren't looking. They're looking at all them damn luchadors. Damn it. <laughs> no, no, no mascaras. Get back here, you little bastard. Yeah. So he Austin gets in the ring, wins the rumble, and, and he was eliminated. It's it's awesome. And Brett is pissed. And they, they have a blow off fatal four way match. And it's around this point that Brett's told that you're not fighting Sean. You're gonna fight Austin. And it's going to be a submission match. To which Austin's response is, oh, hell, I only know two goddamn moves. <laughs> this, this match is gonna stink up the joint." Uh, which it doesn't imagine that for over a decade you have fought to reach the pinnacle of your profession then you walk away when you return six months later 
nothing is the same. I've been screwed by Shawn Michaels. I've been screwed by Stone Cold Steve Austin. You scratch my back and I'll stab yours. There is no respect. Everybody in that dressing room knows that I'm the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Even your fans have changed. At the heart of this change is a man that spits in the face of your every accomplishment. Ever since you came back, you ain't done nothing but cry. He has attacked you physically and verbally. If you put the letter S in front of Hitman, you've had my exact opinion of Bret Hart. This man mocks your legacy. Bret Hart on his best day, can't lace my boots, I will beat the hell out of Bret, and that's the bottom line. Injustice after injustice has forced you to snap. Frustrated isn't the word for it. Now the finger is pointed at you. You're the one who's changed. They say your ego is your enemy. There is only one solution. You must make Austin beg for mercy. But what if Stone Cold Steve Austin wins? What becomes of Brett Hitman Hart then? Well, here... Remember by 90, this part in 97, we don't know Vince McMahon's the owner, but we right. get a pretty big hint of it when Brett is like in his face. The cage? At, he's at, well, around the announce table, like at the Rumble. Table, oh, right. Like, Smacks the headset off. Crashes it and everything. So, you know, Oh, it's weird. It's so weird. But that's why then this build to Mania, it's like, well, we want Brett to win, right? Yeah. Like, right? Like, we're just talking fans. Like, I mean, right. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like he's still our hero. Like it's even though he's acting very strange, and Austin, it's my favorite Austin entrance. It's so simple, but and it was you. It was the entrance from WWF Attitude from uh, the N sixty four with yep. the glass breaking and Austin just walking over it and shaking Perfect his front. head. I think they only did this one other time. It was at Highway to Hell. Highway to Hell, and it's 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 the weird like Austin Mortal Kombat <laughs> character. Hey, 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 come here, Lo Kang. <laughs> I got a present for you. Here's your that's, receipt. That well, bitch has four arms. I really don't give a damn. <laughs> that's a disadvantage for him. <laughs> but this 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 match there, with it, Ken Shamrock as the referee. I, I think there's legitimate credence to where maybe with the exception of the WrestleMania 25 Taker match, this is the best WrestleMania match sure. of all time. This might be my favorite match of either Bret Hart or Austin because they take a submission match and really turn it into an I quit match Yeah, exactly. Uh, before the I quit match was anything uh, I, I love every spot in this thing um, Austin's blood is the best blood I've ever seen in a match and Bret Hart bladed him himself yep. which you know Bret he tells it in his book he's like he tells Austin now I'll tell you right now like I will never say let another guy blade you but, but uh, you know, I can do you, it. I can do it. Which <laughs> <laughs> is great. I was like, oh, what the hell? Whatever gets me over. And the finish, it's brilliant. Well, I've heard recently, like when Austin talks about, like, they, oh, Vince brought me into the room. They're like, yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna pass out of the sharpshooter. And he's like, oh, that's how we're gonna do it, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. No, no, but, no, but, and by that, I meant. But even with that, it was like after they got out of it, Brett was like, "You know what? We could get this really go over. We just got to get some color, <laughs> some color." Yeah. So I mean, I like love when it's called color, <laughs> <laughs> or or I'm sorry, I like it better when it's called. We're gonna get some juice, juice, yeah. <laughs> juice. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, great. it's and 
even with Shamrock is actually really good as he's, this referee. Oh, this is his best performance. Very believable to have this type of guy in a submission match because this is right on the, the kind of precipice of UFC becoming kind. It's his way before the boom. It wasn't way. It before. wasn't a household uh, acronym yet. Right. You know, not like WWF or anything. Um, people didn't know exactly what it was. I remember running a tape and being thoroughly bored Terror. I, by UFC. Um, because it's it just I I don't want to see just, guys uh, kill each other. It's well, in that time, there was a lot of rest. It was like just oh, it was rest, re- spots. rest spots and yeah. It's not like it is today where I can actually pay attention to sure. it. But this this match is great. Oh, one of my favorite awful stunners is in this one with uh, Mike Kyoto. Well, I like what Austin says about it here is that um, as he is the villain when he fires up for his comeback, the crowd gets into oh, they it. explode, and you see that that double turn. It, one of my favorite explosions of with the with the uh, crowd is when Brett is about to crush Austin's leg with the chair on it, and Austin slides the chair out and picks it up and starts walking towards Brett who's on that top rope and gives him a nasty chair shot because oh, it's like yeah. the side of the chair yeah. hitting, and the crowd just comes alive for it. Uh, great match, absolutely love this thing, and yeah. then. It, it if it made like Brett made Austin. Mm-hmm. He, he got it, and I agree with Brett. Not that Austin wouldn't have gotten there anyway, but Brett sure as hell helped. You know, and and it's memorable. By the end of that match, you have the future number one face of the company. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you, you may say he's the number one face at that point, but you know they didn't. They wouldn't treat it that way. But you you have made the future. And this right is there. this is a lost. Um art in wrestling that I really miss because uh, Austin does b- wrestle Brett again like at an in your house and beats him by disqualification which doesn't really count right a wrestler who cannot beat another wrestler it's Austin right. never really beat Brett no ever never and yet Austin always looked just as good if not better than Brett yeah I miss this and this is something that I know you're not a fan of what they did with Austin and Rock with Rock beating Austin in the third match at Mania. Well, you know, I, I there's I know there's this thing, and uh, you know, I can't understand it because I haven't built a career on professional wrestling to where like, you know, if you're going to go out, you need to go out on your back. I no, like that. Never, I, I, you know, part part of me does. I, that's why I, I, I'd like to think Edge pulled with. I like to call the Edge, and it's like, oh, I've. Oh no! I can't compete anymore. Whoops. I'm done. Bam! Yeah. Got out of no, it. Sorry. Went out retiring as champion. Out, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> that would have been Kurt Henning. Now that's perfect. <laughs> that's the pencil trick. So this is when, as a fan, it gets really difficult because I'm not booing Brett yet. No, but but, but this you're booking him. I, I am. I am all. I, I hate um, like over overly patriotic storylines right. in, in wrestling. I can't, especially in regards to America. But as a kid, like, and even I think even today, this would be a little bit hard to stomach as the way Bret Hart turned heel. Bret Hart, people don't remember this as well as they should. Bret Hart was the most hated person in all of wrestling. Uh, even though WWF was the number two company right at this point. Bret Hart got the best heat of any wrestler. And he was, he, he was masterful at it. And his justification was, I'm just going to turn the American audience heel. And he's like, I'm going to stay face. Now, I'm going to still keep my morals and my values. But I'm just going to make them bad. And he did it. Uh, but still, it hurt. It hurt to boo Bret Hart because there wasn't a guy at the time that that I could cheer as hard as I could for Bret. Canada gets Bret the Hitman Hart. We get the Patriot Del Wilkes. 
From Columbia, wow. South Carolina. Stones hey. throw from where we are right now. Our old stomping grounds. And this guy's... Who's throwing the stone? <laughs> <laughs> I'll cast it. Uh, yeah. John Dwainston's oh, going to throw it. <laughs> so, this is great. It's if you, Wrestling with Shadows has this great clip where Patriot's doing like the national anthem. And Brett's just stewing like, on the top Stupid. rope. Just... And then he just waffles <laughs> Patriot during the national anthem. And I'm just, oh, it's just, I'm laughing like uncontrollably. So I miss you, that kind of really stuff. If you really look at it, he basically spent like roughly like 13, 14 months becoming heel. Right. It was a long. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Right. Wow. And it, you're right. It's, it's a weird summer. And it leads then to the SummerSlam match where. It is. It's him versus Taker for the belt with Sean as the referee, and <laughs> no one can hawk a loogie like Brett the Hitman Hart. That's one. That's one. What, what's uh, the Seinfeld line? Oh, oh, that was one giant loogie. <laughs> when they're doing <laughs> the JFK, yeah, like, yeah. Oh. and it's ah, whatever. It's it is what it is. Their match is really good though. Brett and, and Brett Taker. and Takers. Yeah. I have to watch it again because uh, it's again like. Somebody getting something out of Taker because Brett talks about that year. It's like, look at 1997 might be my best year of wrestling. If you look at the quality of opponents that I am wrestling, he's like, I've got Austin. He's got Vader somewhere in he there. He does have Vader. Mm-hmm. I've got Taker, and he's got Sean. Leaving out what we're going to talk of the most notorious part of that match, but still, like, that's those are huge players. Yep. And they're great matches, they are. you know, for you know what they're worth and everything. But the Taker match, I always like because, it, again, at this point, Taker had taken the belt off Sid, but he had had the match with Austin. But it, you had cold the heart, day in hell. Yeah. yeah, but you had the the, the hearts kind of screwing things up. Remember the? I I think at one point Taker defends it against like Farouk. Yeah. And it's like, come Why? on. Why? Like, so finally, Brett gets something out of Taker on the way out of, for him as champion. Well, it's all about like the evolution of The Undertaker uh, from the way he starts to the way he got, gets to about 98, 99. His whole wrestling style changed. Right. And he went from this stiff, kind of zombie-esque character to this absolute the badass. Best, best pure striker best in the pure business. Best striker in the business. Oh, Jesus. snake ass. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Hit him with snake ass. Exposed in the business. Exposed. Damn it. That's stupid. Damn him. Damn him. <laughs> but the the loogie shot around the world that hits Shawn Michaels, really now, like, it's so weird because, you know, during the time we don't know this, but now we've seen everything. We know everything that, you know, it's all the the politics of the creative then the contract situation, you know. Well, that was the whole thing with 13. That's so weird. One of the reasons why the, the match with Brett and Sean probably didn't happen. Sean lost his smile and, um, you know, and he doesn't even compete at 13. I think he commentates, commentates. at one point. Yep, that's right. Uh, and it's just like, what, what are you doing? And I remember Undertaker and just classic Undertaker. That cunt just doesn't want to drop the title. <laughs> <laughs> Can hey, you swagger? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> That's too inside. That's way too inside. We can do it after we record. So we're, we're here. We go. It's it's Montreal. I don't know what we could. I can't believe we're about to talk about Montreal on the on the on this. But um, I don't know what else to say that hasn't been said other than the fact that the thing that nobody ever talks about with Montreal and it pisses me off is that Bret Hart had two weeks left on his contract yeah. after. Um, it's a very good point. I, I hate that because Vince's quote-unquote fear was that Brett would walk out of Montreal with the title 
and take it to Nitro the very next night. Brett, or sorry, Vince could sue him for breach of contract, right? And 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 completely put him out of business. And and I don't, I honestly don't think Brett would have done it. So Brett and Vince agree after Brett says, "I do not want to drop the title at, at, to Montreal at, at, at to Sean. I'll, I'll drop it on Raw. I'll do whatever you want." Now this this I think provokes the, the most interesting you know conversation because all right, so Montreal, we know what happens: the screw job. You know, they ring the bell on him. They screw Brett out of the title. They get it on Sean. They get him out of the ring. Brett hawks a loogie and then paints WCW with his finger. Yep. Destroys the Spanish announce table by hand. Yeah. <laughs> That's a first. Yeah. But this is where it's fascinating because this is a very pro-Brett podcast. We are big Brett fans. I think, though, there's a legitimate argument that I, I, I think he may be in slightly the wrong as much as Vince and the creative is because it seems like at least from the, the way it's painted that there were options brought and he just would not he, play ball with anything. He he refused. Well, he didn't. Res- he didn't like Sean because he didn't think Sean respected the title or respected Brett, and uh, which he didn't. Uh, but the, the the reason I side with Brett, and uh, Brett Hart had creative control for the last thirty days of his contract. And Which is a very dangerous it's thing. So dangerous, right? yeah, yeah. Especially in WWE, like yes. WCW, it's fair it's, game. I mean, like you could, whatever. Like, like Tatanka could go over there and yeah. get creative control. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll fight on Bash at the Beach in revenge. <laughs> like, you, you, you can record that. Yeah, all right. But Brett had reasonable creative control in his contract, and like, like I said, he he agreed to drop the title to anybody the whole month before on Raw. Or he'd... I believe he's... Didn't he say he'd drop it to Sean in the yeah, United States? that's true, too. He yeah. said he would drop it in the United States. And, and you know, I love Sean's... So what if uh, he owns the entire, you know, province of Canada or whatever the hell he said? He's like... He's, like, he, he's just from Calgary. You know, we're, we're going to be in Montreal. It's like if I'm from San Antonio. Am I not allowed to drop the belt in Poughkeepsie? You know? <laughs> or better yet, in Dallas. Or in or, Dallas. You know, or, but still, like, yeah. it, it, see, and... I'm merely playing devil's advocate here because, mm. like, I, I will clearly always. Side I see with Vince's. I, see, I do too, but I see Vince's point to an extent with Medusa, with what she did, um, and with the WWF title. That would have been a whole other thing. Right. But it's just, it just doesn't seem like something and Brett I mean, would have done. There's and definitely there had to have been some was major bitterness. The fact that this guy is going to go over there when, which, if if we don't look at where the future heads, that could have been a massive tipping point. Mm-hmm. So our. You think like, and you know. Well, that's the other thing too. Brett didn't want to go, and Vince offered him a twenty-year contract, and Brett took it over the three million a year deal that he had with Turner, and then Vince just decides, you know what, it's not worth it. I want out of the contract. To which Brett's like, "What the hell are you talking about?" And he's like, "I can't afford to pay you." The staff infection that they kept giving me Z-Pack. Oh, <laughs> Vince claims that he's in financial peril, and it's it's very odd. It's it's a very odd set of circumstances that that lead up to this because Vince claims that he was surrounded by people that were telling him that you can't lose Brett, you know, you can't do that. And then and Vince is like, "Well, no, yes, I can." And it's really, this is really the 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 real launching point of the Attitude Era, yeah. like because this is just like anything's anything goes. If if we can lose Brett, of course, I I wish we could have had Bret Hart during the Attitude Era, because there's a lot of great ty- like oh specialty match types that we never got to see Brett do. Sure, totally. Never saw a Brett Hell in a Cell match. No, no. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, like Brett. Brett we didn't see Brett in a major ladder match. 
no major that's true high too profile ladder match that Sean one doesn't count no because no. that was like on again like prime time yeah wrestling or whatever and, and and it's a decent match at best but nevertheless like this is where there's this big schism now because that's the end of WWE or that's WWF, it whatever and now he's he goes over to WCW and his first debut like it's botched almost immediately. In typical WCW fashion, nobody knew the finish. Nobody, the referee didn't know the damn finish. Starcade '97 is arguably the great. Like, could it should be minus this botched finish, the greatest conclusion to a oh, build yeah. up in WCW history, and yet it becomes it's just the Independence of, Day of wrestling build ups. Yeah, and yeah. yet it's like eh, it no. kind of ends with this. It's a flutter, and yeah, it, it, it sucks. I, I I hate that ending. Um, no. Now, Bret Hart's WCW career. Let's let's gloss over this real quick because there's not a lot. Well, you remember his first pay per view match? Do you remember who it's against? It's Mr. Perfect. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. No, it's against Ric Flair. I think he he okay. he and Flair go. But the next one, it's him and Mr. Perfect. They get to they get to kind of revamp. And what's cool is this time they get to revamp their match from SummerSlam. But now they're bringing the fact that which completely is neglected in the '91 match. These are second generation guys. Sure. They talk about their dads. They talk about their dads and their feud. And cool. That makes it really neat and everything. I'm going to have to watch that. I've <laughs> never seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Technical masterpiece on the uncensored pay per view. What the hell? Oh, it's on uncensored. <laughs> it's on uncensored. Well, not their March pay per view. <laughs> yeah, but that's, I think it's the same pay per view where Brett joins Hogan and Awful. becomes like this shitty heel. Bret Hart had all, had so much momentum going into WCW as like the number one uh, baby face in, like, in all of wrestling. Yeah. Uh, and WCW just squandered it. Like having Bret Hart involved in a screw job type finish with Hogan and Sting was an absolute waste of yeah. time. Yeah. So you get, you get him in feuds with Sting with Diamond Dallas Page over the US title which they should be on paper the most the, the most memorable feuds that you could imagine. Didn't have Brett. one good match with Sting. N- no, they're all they're all useless, and um, that's what that's what was. It's so sadly fortuitous that Owen died because that's what turned him right into Bret Hart again from WWF in WCW. Right. This was also after the awesome like steel plate spear segment. With no, that's Goldberg. that's my favorite. It's the best. It's a very heelish thing to do, and and uh, although. I've never quite understood why it would take Goldberg out like it did. Like, I know because like, right. it's Goldberg's shoulder; it's not his head. Right. But um, you know, still, like it, it, it played well and it looked great. And this was during Brett's whole thing where I'm just going to wear a jersey. I, I just wear jersey. He just would come out with his hands in his pockets, which became yeah. his whole thing the rest of and his, his career. Jorts. He was wearing jorts before John Cena. I don't care. Yeah. I really don't give a shit. But Bret Hart has uh, probably the match of his career uh, in WCW uh, with Chris Benoit. For um, the, the remembrance we'll of Owen say, Hart. like WCW, like to their credit, the, they did a very, they were very respectful about Owen's mm. passing. Oh yeah, it may be like uh, unbelievably, even more so, more respectful than what WWE did because they threw together that tribute show. Sure. Yes, which is Raw's Owen. Raw's Owen. Yeah, I right. have that. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but the way like it, it found, a, they, they found a way to, you know, they're going to exploit it. No doubt about it, but they at least they exploited it in a way where it felt like you know we're gonna give you know we're gonna give Owen or we're gonna use Owen to kind of get Brett back to where Brett should be. And it's great to see WCW do that with a guy that never wrestled for WCW, right? And uh, and Brett wanted Owen and WCW badly, yeah. And Vince wouldn't let him go, right? That's, that's a whole other thing. But so Brett gets the WCW title almost two years after he gets there, right? And uh, you know, he's made $6 million at this point. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> and after yeah. that, it's just kind of, whatever, 
It's schmoz. Yeah, so and I mean, we we saw we saw Brett beat Benoit Mayhem. He gets the belt. Yeah, amazing finish to you know uh, over twelve months of him just you know getting screwed again. Mm-hmm. But then the kick, and then it's never the same. And it's so weird that we get this just weird gap of time then, where. We, you know, eventually, you know, spoiler for the podcast, but WCW finally agrees to let him out of his contract and leave because, you know, he can't. One thing, I, I don't know how it really intersects with the podcast, like, because it's not going to be on pay-per-view, but Brett, like, as a heel cuts a promo on Goldberg, like, you know, you did this to me. Oh, like, wow. There, there's I don't this remember pro- that. There's this promo that exists where, and I don't I don't know how well That's it's awful. executed, but it, 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 at least to their credit, they brought it up. So it's something we're going to see. Again, I don't know if it's it's not going to be actually on a show, but it's it'll be in at least a build or so. But you know, afterwards, that's when we're like we we hear about the stroke, and it's so sad. Yeah, he was he was like riding a bicycle, like just just getting exercise, and he fell off the bike and hit his head, and and nobody found him for like twenty minutes, and he rehabbed for like nine months or something, like some, something right awful. in time for his Hall of Fame induction. Right, he which, get, I don't understand the circumstance like for that or whatever. He agreed to be he agreed to go to the Hall of Fame as long as Shawn Michaels wasn't in the audience. Like Shawn Michaels had to get it, up and leave. It, his bitterness, yeah. It, oh, it's bad. It comes back to what we said: the ending of that and, book. And this is right, yeah, the ending of the book. And this is right around the time that WWE releases a DVD collection of Bret Hart. Uh, and Bret Hart handpicks his own handpicks the matches I have it, and he gives introductions to him, and uh, you know just kind of still somber Bret Hart. I mean, at least it's something, right? But this is huge. Bret Hart is mentioned by Dennis Miller on an episode of Monday Night Raw as as Vince McMahon asked Dennis Miller back in two thousand nine, who would you want to host Monday Night Raw if, if, if you could pick anybody and Dennis Miller goes well I think Brett the Hitman Hart and it just like knocked me on my ass I was like no way like I had just finished the book I was like there's just no way this is gonna happen I don't know ratings very well for Raw's like kind of after I remember this rating but it I if I have I have never been I've never anticipated or mm. been more feeling more anticipated to see a Monday Night Raw than when I heard Oh. He is going to be there. I was uh, I was on a cruise with my dad up until about that Wednesday, and all I could think about on that cruise was I can't wait to get home and watch Monday Night Raw. And I get home, turn on that music hits, and it's just like, and how about they revamped? They revamped it, which is weird because it's like the super rocking version. And here's like at this time, forty five, forty eight year old Bret Hart. And it's like kind of got like he, he hasn't let the grade go. Like, he's still dying it, right? He's still so. dying it, which is fine. He still looks good, but to see him on Raw and WWF did this thing that I hate that they have to do for new people, where they have to show video packages to to let you know who this guy was. And it was very obvious that everyone in attendance um, knew who he was. Yeah, totally. Because it, it was a huge deal. But and he gets in the ring and he calls out Sean, and they have this. Awesome little moment, and it seems genuine. It seems genuine because Brett's, Brett's kind of hugging him, kind of like, you know, like he, it's not that he doesn't want to, but he looks apprehensive, but he does it, and he's like, it's kind of like an "it's okay" kind of hug. Like it's, I'm over it. And I like, I, I really like that they did that mm-hmm. before. They, I was shocked that he called out Shawn Michaels because I was like, that's what I wanted. WWF never you know, gives me what I want. You know, like. I had mentioned this to you that I only found this out recently that Brett had been approached numerous times before, well before this this era that you know we want you to come back and right. then he would listen to the pitch and then he would go back and watch wrestling with shadows 
Oh, and then he would bad have, idea. And then it would, and and he would always be like, "Why would I want to go back? Why would I want to go back there? You know the, what they did to me? What they did to me. Yeah. Blow my uh, brains out and go back. You know, I mean, like it's. That, I mean, that's that's what it. That's what it kind of be, it becomes, and that that's why it makes that moment so great. It's like. He finally was able to put all that right. to rest, and and I mean it leads. Well, of course, I love the bit with Vince. It's so good. Oh, Vince plays it really well because you. And th- this is like to me the final time that Vince like has a storyline with a wrestler that means something. Yeah, like and it's kind of like the capper because once Brett left, he got with Austin, and then he got with but all you these know other guys. Fitting then, Brett creates the Mister McMahon character, and that's about right. the end of the. The uh, you know the the classic Vince McMahon Mr. Yeah. McMahon character the, the uh, right 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 uh, you the mean heel authority uh, yeah dur- during heel authority time yeah and I want to also point out it's really weird that the one thing I didn't like about the execution of that storyline was that Bret Hart said that he's been trying to come back for years and and the WWF wouldn't allow it a- any person who follows Bret Hart. Even 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 the slightest knows this, that that's not true. No, uh-uh. you know that they've been, they've wanted him to come back. Vince, uh, one thing I've always loved about Vince is his his knack for wanting to make money, uh, and he will bury any hatchet. And this is something that I worry about with Triple H and Stephanie. If they have the same mentality, that Vince will always give a second chance to a big star. Um, and to, to have Brett come back, it was awesome. And we, we get these little. The, this whole thing on Raw that they do with Vince and Brett over the course of two months, I absolutely ate it up. I loved it. It was cl- it was great stuff, especially when Stone Cold came and hosted. Oh, it was like, Jesus! Like Vince McMahon's going to be in the same ring with Austin and Brett. I was like, I don't think anyone that's new to this realizes how important this is. Like this is huge. Yeah, yeah, this is a big deal. And and Brett just kind of. Let's Vince have it, and it's great. And then, of course, their Mania match comes. Yeah. And yeah. It is what it is. I was a lot more excited for it than I should have been. Right. You know, because I remember talking about it with you like the week before. Like, is Brett gonna come out in his in his uh, his, his gear. strap, his yeah. gear? Like, like is that even possible? And no, he comes out in his t-shirt and jorts, and his it's knee like pads. His knee, he wears knee pads. I was, I was like, okay. Uh, I don't know what knee move he plans on taking, but because you know, second rope elbow. Yeah, you got. Which I was at least hoping for that, because you know, Brett, he's injured. You know, he had a stroke. He can't do a whole lot. You see those knee pads. You start thinking, if I could just get a second rope elbow out of this, which Austin ended up taking from him. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and uh, that that would be really cool. But no, like the match kind of has this kind of it's kind of a schmoz with the Hart Dynasty. And, right. It's just the it's the chair shot from hell match. Like, yeah. You know, oh, he. You, you want another? I have a feeling just Vince just got with him backstage at one point and just said, "I just want you to lay into me. You know, get out all your frustration and then shut the fuck up about this whole thing." <laughs> <laughs> like, because that's what it feels like. And yeah, those chair shots are awful. Yeah. Like they're really stiff. And then Brett locks him in the sharpshooter, and it's over. And this was like the matchup for some reason that I was most looking forward to. Yeah. Um, well, but you know, it was you know you. You got him back. You know, that's the thing I That's all I cared about. Because the buildup was great. Oh, yeah. I love the buildup. So then, uh, Brett, it's worth noting, Brett, um, we can't remember if he goes back to Montreal or or whatever, but he fights Miz for the United States title. And with the help of the Hart Dynasty, Miz loses to a 50 year old stroke victim. Uh, (laughs) if If you think about it, it's ridiculous. But it was very cool to see Bret Hart. Win the United States title in the country where he, you know, has that infamous moment from Survivor Series. Right. It was a great. To me, that's the end. 
That's it. Like, because they didn't give him the world title. They were smart not to give him the world title, but they gave him the U.S. title, our title. Yeah. You know, and he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm the champ. And then he, do you remember like the next week on Raw? They teased this and it almost happened. It's like tonight, Bret Hart defends the United States title against The Undertaker. Do you remember this? I don't remember this. This was no. crazy. You're like, you're, you're fucking shitting me. <laughs> and they actually both make it to the ring. And the bell rings. And you're like, no way. Like, this is not happening. And then, sure enough, like, the lights go out. And, like, the Undertaker gets ambushed. And Bret Hart, like, escapes with, you know, with his life. And it was, it was such an awful tease that Bret Hart, is he well enough to wrestle? Is he pulling a Rocky uh, Balboa? Yeah, I mean, Jesus. Yeah. You know, does he not have brain damage anymore? And just... He's gonna headbutt the brain damage out of right. him on the town. Like it was shocking because I'm like, because Bret Hart still came out in his T-shirt and yeah, shirt, whatever. It, that was kind of cool, but, and, but still. But now we've kind of got like the sporadic appearance, appearance yeah, Bret Hart, which I'm fine with it. It's fine. I, I love it's funny he's now is like when you look at like where that WrestleMania speech was very bitter, very somber. Now he's doing the yes chant. Now he's trying to be comedic. Seeing Bret Hart with a personality, the one wrestler I don't want to see with a personality. You know, I, you know, the, in the book he mentions it, he had that dream where he wrestled Kurt Angle, which would have the been ultimate him. dream match. But you know what? Like he mentioned when it, when he did the podcast with Austin, I think the match he would even more so like now today is to, for him as a heel to be against John Cena as a face and get so much out of him to be able to put him over in a way that you know he put Austin over could take you know John Cena to a different level. Would be really fun to watch. I'd be okay with that, yeah, because it's, it, you know... I, we, we don't, I, we don't, I can tell, don't, though, that here's the thing I know you would not be okay with. Neither one Brett of us would see Brett lose John, John Cena. Cena? <laughs> it's stupid. It's, it's, it's like, what is that thing that it's, it's on when John Cena was on Stone Cold's podcast and, and Stone Cold was like, you know, if you just... You just gotta cinch that STF. You know, it, just, <laughs> it looks it looks bad because Dean Ambrose did it to him a week ago on Raw and it looked way better than Cena's. Oh yeah, yeah, Cena the technician. No, Cena. We haven't really talked about him because we have no reason no, to talk no about reason him. Reason I'm not a big fan of of Cena the wrestler, the person. I, I'm a huge fan of, but right. Cena is more than capable of putting on great matches. That would have been something fun. That'd like, have been you know, okay. That's the thing you think about with with and and even more so. Like I would love to have seen you know. Just like they picked it up years later, I would have loved to have seen, you know, all of a sudden have a one-off with Sean. Like, Taker and Sean pick up their feud like 10, 15 years later. And it's it better like. than it was before. Yeah. Or I'm sorry, it ends up, I guess at that point, like, it's only, what, 10 years later? About 10 years. But yeah. still, like... That was see, cool. That was retro. Can you imagine, like, that 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 had the possibility of usurping whatever we think of with Sean and Taker. Yeah, Brett and Sean never got to have their final... Big blow-off match, which would have been awesome. Um, and the one thing we're not going to talk about, you can think about all you want. Is Montreal a work? Was there something in the... Was it all just a giant work with another a... another topic a giant, for another time. An in-game in the works, whatever. But, you know, this is just here to celebrate. I mean, when he said the best there is, the best there was, the best... He's not kidding. He really he was. He was the best wrestler in Absolutely. the uh, nobody, nobody could deliver like Bret Hart and and make wrestling look real. Right. Like Bret Hart, he has he has my favorite quote ever about the breakdown of professional wrestling, and it's any idiot can hurt somebody. It takes a real artist, and I'm paraphrasing. It takes a real artist to make to to make it look like you're hurting somebody, and make people believe it. And that's what Bret Hart was so good at. Every move, pile driver, and, like top rope elbow, backbreaker. Which I don't know why he didn't call the heartbreaker. 
I think that what something we've touched upon here that's you know I mean Bret Hart the technician has talked about a lot. Bret Hart the guy who could get something out of anybody could get something though like Mm -hmm. pull either a match or pull just a uh, just a, a character moment out of somebody that most people couldn't get. He did that with so many guys we just talked about that that's what builds really a Hall of Fame case. Shawn sure. Michaels can do all the spots in the world of Shawn Michaels is a spotter. And that's great. And which is fine. You know, there, there is a place fine. in wrestling that's, for spotters. That's, that's awesome. why I love Kofi Kingston. Yeah. Kofi Kingston is a spotter. And but Kofi's not Kofi is not gonna pull a match out of somebody like Bret Hart is you know in his prime, of course, right. and stuff like that. Sean's not gonna really do that either. So Shawn Michaels never had a bad WrestleMania match. Well, he's also wrestling great wrestlers in those WrestleMania matches. Like you know, it's not like Roddy Piper was this like you know just this terror in the ring still by the point of, <laughs> by the point of WrestleMania eight. To get a good match out of Piper because I'm not a big fan of Piper's wrestling no. at all, but that match is stellar. It, it's incredible. I also want to make one one Go one ahead. one point about another another WCW moment that I just love. Probably one of my favorite Bret Hart promos ever, with the mention of El Dandy. Oh, like, so good. I love like laissez faire kind of sarcastic Bret Hart. <laughs> Even though it turns out that he was really high on El Dandy for some reason. <laughs> you know what? We'll just play the clip. And Let me tell you what yeah. deserves sure. the United States I'm the champion. I ought to know. You know, I've, I've been sizing up guys since I came to the WCW. And I think the one guy that stands out the most, the guy that I think has earned a title shot, El Dandy, I think you're a heck of a wrestler. You're a great technician in the ring, and you're a jam-up guy. Whoa. I don't see any Whoa. reason. Wait a minute. El Dandy has been wrestling in, in, in the cruiserweight division here. Please. He's a great wrestler. He's a great wrestler, but thank goodness sakes, at 50 pounds Who difference. are you to, to, to doubt El Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Well, let's talk about some serious how about contenders. The, how about hypnosis? Let's get thrown Psychosis? Psychosis? Whatever, whatever. He's a great wrestler. You know... You can say what you want. You can try to tear these guys down and take them down. But Psychosis great, right? has also he's been a high flyer of the highest yes, magnitude. But he's this still, guy's still a, a cruiserweight. Let's, let's get, okay, let's get how some. How about Dean Malenko? I was going to give him a title shot. He was a big man. Oh. Wanted to injure me. Hey, come injure me now, you little punk. He's sitting at home with some kind of hokey injury. This is a real injury, Dean Malenko. Dean this Malenko. is like groin pull the likes you've never seen in your whole life. Well, he right now is nursing a very bad sprained ankle. Yeah. And as far as that... Sure. Point, <laughs> but this was a great career. Uh, this was the first wrestler, other than Hulk Hogan, that I ever truly loved. I dressed up for Bret Hart as Hall- for Halloween when I was about seven years old. Had the awful sunglasses. Like, they were so cheap. <laughs> yeah. Had the jacket. I don't know what happened My to sister thing. used to wear them, and my mom finally... T- she's like, Mom, I'm getting a headache. It's like, they're not real sunglasses. <laughs> That's the thing. They weren't real sunglasses. And how am I supposed to go trick-or-treating with these fucking things on yeah. in the middle of the night? <laughs> I can't see shit. Let's take this home, though. Let's sure. Turn, you know, it... Uh, this was fun to be able to go back and look at um, you know, quite possible. Like if, if anyone has a Mount Rushmore, he has to be on it. A Mount, Rush, a Mount Rushmore of wrestling? Absolutely. Yeah. He represents like a, an interesting era of wrestling that's you know doesn't isn't always filled with great moments, but that he made '95 watchable. He carried a lot of just really low points in terms of overall talent. WWE. He brought Bob Backlund. Oh my god! Forgot about that, that match. Oh, what yeah. a story! Yeah. yeah. That, Bret Hart was just an amazing talent, and he, he had to retire just about five years, ten years too soon. I really think he could have gone. Sure, long. totally. Absolutely. Well, next episode is sold out. We're opening up 2000. Holy this God. Is WCW it, in the 2000s. Oh, boy. This is this the, is to, to, 
with how awesome is this? There is a chapter in the book called The Fall of WCW that's labeled WCW in the 2000s for a reason. Sure. Because it is well, questionable. But we're looking for the good stuff. We'll be kicking off Sold Out in a couple weeks. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm at William Rankin 83. I am at CM underscore Stabs. And, of course, the podcast is at New Blood Pod. We're going to catch you guys next time. Best there is. The best there was. And the best there ever will be.